What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, we are back. Welcome to the Ringer Gambling Show's Euro Trip Soccer Show. Don't have an official name yet, but I feel like Euro Trip something in there. I don't know. I just watched that movie, which is an underrated one if you've never <laughs> seen it before. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out at some point. But if you didn't join our World Cup party, first off, what were you doing? But just in yeah. case, we do have some noobs with us here. I'm Steve Cerruti, as always, joined by the great Paul Carr, best no- uh, soccer's number guy in the business of true media. Paul, what's going on, man? I, it's good to see you again. I know we've been like chatting on text about different things, but it's good to actually see your face. It is. And I mean, it's been like five years since the Champions League group stage, I think. I mean, it's always long, but it's even worse. You know, it was a month earlier because of the World Cup. And yeah, I'm all out of sorts from a soccer calendar standpoint. Chelsea have an entirely new coaching staff and starting yeah. 11, I think. Uh, so yeah. they basically, it was like an entirely new team for Chelsea, although they're kind of unique and basically outspending every other league, not even just teams in the Premier League, spending outspending every other league in the world, uh, which is pretty wild. They're always the big six or big five leagues. So, um, yeah, I know. It's good to have it back here. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are also, by the way, fresh off of, we're recording this. I had you guys delay this about 15 minutes because I just finished watching the Merseyside Derby, where unfortunately, if you guys also don't know, I am unfortunately an Everton fan, which I would not recommend to anyone. It is not no. safe. Don't let your friends be Everton fans. Uh, that's, a, that's a rule of thumb here. But a 2 nothing loss. But I did actually clean up. I went 2-0 on my best, Paul. I had uh, the there under 2.5 because every Merseyside Derby, Paul, is like, you, it's usually a nil-nil, to be honest yeah. with you. We had, we had two goals, obviously. Liverpool went 2-0. Um, and they were honestly kind of like dumb Everton mistakes, too. They're, that 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 was an under all the way. I think I ended up getting actually plus money on that, which is wild. So we did we did lose. We are in the relegation zone, but we are in the plus money here. So we're happy. I, I appreciate the way you can look on the bright side of things, find that silver lining. See, I've I've just really resigned myself to Everton being relegated for the last like 18 months or so. <laughs> right. So we're just playing with house money at this point. I thought they were going down last year and they somehow stayed up. So I do. It's just kind of delaying the inevitable or something. Who knows? Sean Deitch is in. You never know. Maybe we'll uh, we'll park the bus our way to a 17th place finish again, but we'll see how that goes. I actually have an Everton <laughs> question in relation to Arsenal a little bit later that we'll get into because we do have a massive, massive game in the Premier League to go over this weekend. But first, I want to set up the show and kind of what we're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks here uh, or months and into the summer, really. Um, obviously, if you followed us on our World Cup show, you know, we just like to talk about games. We're talking about, you know, the biggest games that are going on. We're going to do a lot of Premier League stuff. We're going to do, you know, some other leagues. I watch a ton of Serie A, um, you know, we'll get into the German League. But most importantly, we're going to be getting into a lot of the U.S. players playing in these leagues abroad. We'll certainly get into the domestic leagues as well. But it's going to be kind of a, a Euro show, a domestic show, sprinkling in some bets, Paul. Kind of like a little bit, a smorgasbord of all things that I think American soccer fans want to hear. So we'll be here with you every single week. Uh, the schedule is going to be a little bit different, though. So when we do have Champions League games, we're going to be coming to you on Mondays. And when there are no Champions League games, we're going to be coming to you on Wednesdays. So we can kind of give you a look at the at the weekend in club soccer. But uh 
like I said, really excited to get back into it um, because honestly, there's so much juicy news around world uh, around U.S. soccer, Paul. Like they've become the Kardashians of international teams. I don't know why this is happening. Um, Gio Reyna is playing well again. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but. <laughs> It seems like U.S. soccer, like whether it's we don't have a manager, we're playing friendlies, now Jesse Marsh is available. There's all this stuff going on. So we will have, we'll be your home for all things U.S. soccer going forward. I was working with Turner at the U.S. men's friendlies in January. And like every day, we're just like throwing the rundown out and starting over for the studio show because someone else is either not coming back or something is going on. So it's lots of drama, which is kind of fun. And it's kind of fun right now because there aren't, aren't a ton of consequences to, you know, not having a coach for six months. But uh, at some point, it's going to get real and U.S. soccer is going to have to figure everything out. Yeah, as, as mentioned, Jesse March has a very big decision potentially coming up on mm-hmm. whether or not he wants to stay in the Premier League. So we'll get to that in a bit. But let's start here, Paul. Why don't we start with this is the biggest game basically in the Premier League this season. Yeah. And it's one that, as we were talking about before we went on, that has been was pushed back because of uh, the, the the passing of the Queen and all those scheduled, all those games got moved. So now we're basically going to get two Arsenal City matchups in the next couple of weeks. This one coming to you from the Emirates at Arsenal at home. And man, I'll, let's just start here. Are you as surprised as I was that Arsenal is this good? I re- I thought maybe they'd finish top four. I didn't have them in top four. I actually thought I thought United would have a better chance to like kind of break into that top four that was there last year. How surprised are you that they're just kind of they were kind of running away with the league for a time? Yeah, I'm surprised they're obviously in the spot they're in. I did have a, I do have a top four bet on them. It was plus one fifty, I think, before right, the season, bad. something like that. Um, just because I thought they had another step could, that they could take. You know, like they looked pretty good last time last year at times, but they basically didn't have a finisher. They brought in Gabriel Jesus. I thought, you know, that could be something. And as long as they just kind of made a small step forward, I thought they're a legit top four team. What they made, though, was like two or three top steps forward. And they found that scoring through a variety of sources. And and they're running a little bit hot, but not really not that much. So, um, yeah, surprised overall just because, and City has struggled a little bit more. And Liverpool's fallen off the map. That's the thing. Before the season, remember, Clop, year seven. City, this is, Liverpool this is were a clear-cut one, two, yeah, year seven, seven-year itch or whatever it is. Yep. Um, so I think that just kind of all three of those things happening, where City's down a little, Liverpool is off the charts down, and Arsenal took two steps forward, all adds up to a, what we hope is a fun title race. Chelsea, a disaster as well, as I mentioned. mentioned they're, they've just, they just recycled their entire team. We'll get to them when we talk about Champions League games. Um, yeah, I think there's something weird about the City team, Paul. I don't. You know, we'll yeah. get to the picks in a bit. I don't, I just don't like them. I don't think there's like this cohesion. <laughs> the only thing I will say is I think this whole financial fair play thing where they're, they've got like over a hundred charges against them and they're, we're talking about potentially fines, potentially relegation, point deductions, kicking them out of Europe, kick them out of the Premier League. Who knows what'll actually happen? I mean, this will probably be, you know, litigated in arbitration for years to come. And, uh, you know, if it's, if it's anything like the UEFA one, they'll just get a slap on the wrist and like a $10,000 fine or Euro fine, right. which, is just super lame. But I, I wonder if this kind of has galvanized them now. Now they have something to, like, it's a, it's more of an us against the us against the world kind of thing than it was before. It's like, all right, we're City. We've won so many Premier Leagues in a row. The Premier League really isn't even our thing. We're trying to win the Champions League. So there was, like, this weird lull. And I kind of feel like they're in this transition between, you know, the younger sort of want to more prove it players like Holland and, like, the older guard, uh, like De Bruyne, who has kind of, a little bit this year. Some mm-hmm. of their some of their main guys have just not kind of been the same. And I understand it from a motivation perspective, but I just wonder if this whole financial fair play thing is going to be kind of like the kickstarter that they need to really go out and win the league. Because right now, you look at EPL futures, Arsenal are still the favorites, but slightly. And they were they were somewhat big favorites a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they had what an eight-point lead. But right, right now, Arsenal are minus 115 and City are minus 110. So they're almost even. Pretty much. And so, yeah. you know, whoever wins this game, uh, I, I think you could argue. I'll just say this and I'll toss it to you. I think Arsenal, if they lose this game, probably don't win the title. But I also don't think City can lose this game either. Because I think if City lose, they Arsenal still have the game in hand. Um, I think this will be a huge galvanizing moment for Arsenal if they somehow do get this win. Like I, there, There's just a ton rotting on this, obviously, Paul. Yep. I mean, just we'll do the basic math. Arsenal's up by three points with the game in hand. So they win this, they're up six. City wins this, they're tied, and City has the home game left against Arsenal. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's just your basic numbers. This is obviously the proverbial six-pointer at the top of the table. Um, the City's an interesting spot because, I mean, their numbers are still pretty good. They're underachieving a little bit uh, so far this season. I do wonder if what you said, I mean, th- think to the Super Bowl. 
the Chiefs, we heard a lot of them, you know, almost playing the nobody believes in us card. Yep. Which, you know, I mean, it's, I don't, I, not, I don't yeah. say this to pick on the Chiefs because pretty much any team that wins a title is playing that card now. Uh, they find their motivation one way yeah, or another. Georgia, Georgia played right, in, the, in exactly. the college football title game against TCU. And you're like, come right. on, guys. Like, we can't. Yeah, you're, you're double digit points. Let's go. Um, so I wonder if that could come into play for City in that they're kind of getting disrespected off the field. They aren't. They do get to play the underdog right now in the sense just that they're chasing down Arsenal. That could be something. Uh, but there, it is. It doesn't have quite the same dominant vibe. They definitely have the capabilities. We saw it against Villa on the weekend where they just kind of you know flip it on for a half and walk home with three points. Uh, but they just haven't... Yeah, they don't have that edge that they had even just early in the season when Holland was scoring you know every 10 minutes or so. Um, Arsenal's you, interesting too just because... They haven't been that great the last couple games. I mean, you saw Everton really frustrated them. Let's go. Obviously. Neil Bonpai uh, got, got under their skin. <laughs> I, I wonder if this is, like, to use a poker analogy, you'll hear generally bad players say, I wish I could play better players who would respect my raises and things like that. I wonder if that's kind of true for Arsenal where they do better against teams that aren't packing it in and defending yep. really well, like Everton did, like Brentford did. I mean, Arsenal has to figure out how to break that down because that's what they're going to see for the rest of the season. But I think they, in some ways, they kind of match up better with a Man City who will come at them, uh, maybe have more of the ball, actually, which should give Arsenal a little more space to work with in the attacking end. That's kind of how I felt about Manchester United, actually, for the last like few years. They would always, mm-hmm. they would somehow like get results against City, even though right. they probably weren't as good, but they would not be able to beat some of the mid-table or minnows towards the you know the bottom of the table and you're yep. right I, this is where i just i just think arsenal really missed gabby jesus i'm not a, yep. i wasn't a huge gabby jesus guy i didn't really love him at city um you know i, I thought for charleston rightfully should have started in the world cup and you know he obviously had two goals one of them was spectacular but they they really just miss him when teams just go in that low block and eddie nketi has been great for them mm-hmm. considering like what his expectations were i think he has like what something like seven or eight goals or something but again yep. It's it's in these big games where, or the, the, I should say, the, 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 they're big games, but against lower tier opponents, where I just don't know that they have the same firepower that maybe a city do, and that's where yep. I just think I don't. I, this is why I'm kind of losing faith, and I don't think it seems like Gabby Jesus isn't going to come back for at least another month or two. Certainly, March seems like the, the date, and that's just enough time for you to, you know, for, for City to put too much pressure on you, maybe pass you, and then you know your your chance is kind of gone. So, uh, do you uh, before we actually get to the the game itself? Uh, just looking at the futures, and obviously I, I just mentioned Arsenal minus 115, City minus 110 to win the Premier League. I was just talking to our producer, Stefan, before the show about this, how I had Kansas, I had the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I got them at plus money, and I'm going, in my head, I'm like, Patrick Mahomes plus money. That's a bet. Even if I lose it, I'll sleep at night taking. City have been plus money for a couple of weeks now. Now they're minus money, mm-hmm. but still around even. Do, is there some? Is there is there some kind of comparison between the Chiefs and Manchester City and just going, hey, or, or, like, are we going to look back in three or four weeks and be like, can you believe that you could have gotten Manchester City yeah. to win the Premier League at even money or plus money? Like, is that something that you think is kind of even? I think it's very possible. Um, so I have an Arsenal plus 250 bet to win the league that I made like a month ago. And I'm kind of kicking myself now for not playing City at like plus 150 yep, just, uh, a week or two ago just to you know, yeah. kind of hedge and get, guarantee some profit one way or the other. Uh, I think there's something there just because, I mean, City's done it. Obviously, they've won a bunch of titles in the last few years under Pep. Uh, Arteta and Arsenal haven't won anything from a, a league standpoint. And there's certainly just the reliability. Like, you, we know more or less what we're getting with City. You know, it's a little bit on the left side right now, but I think there's also may just be running a little bit cold. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Like, like you're really going to bet on Arsenal and everything that Arsenal has kind of stood for in a almost comedic sense over the last decade plus. It sure doesn't feel right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I wouldn't advocate taking Arsenal at minus 150 right no, now. If you can not. get City close to, close to even money, I, I don't think that's a terrible bet. Like I said, I would have liked right. to grab it a few weeks ago. I didn't uh, yeah. because it was eight points. I, just, I didn't feel great about it. I didn't like no. the way City were playing. But as I mentioned, I think I really think this financial fair play thing has kind of changed the the entire fortunes of, of their season in certain ways. Uh, yeah. who, do, who do you like? All right, so let's get to the game itself in this specific matchup. I got to be honest with you, I I kind of like Arsenal. I I I'm kind of leaning Arsenal for... For just the fact that this is like the last stand, and this is what I mentioned at the beginning, I don't think Arsenal can lose this game. I don't think either team can really afford to lose this game, but I really don't think Arsenal can afford to lose this game because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I at least don't think they could. They could I, a draw is probably still fine for them as well. Just from a confidence standpoint, I think they are going to give everything to Manchester City in this game, knowing that they're at home. They're the team that if they get a result here, they still take back control. They can stop this negative slide of the last couple of games. 
And, you know, certainly if they lose, I think they could potentially kind of spiral and maybe Man City runs away with it. But I think this is kind of like the, the, the put up or shut up game for Arsenal. So I kind of feel a little bit confident backing them. I don't know if you feel the same way, Paul. I mean, it is certainly a de facto final in some ways for Arsenal. I and mean, obviously they can lose and still have uh, plenty of opportunities to make it up. But they have every reason to just go for this because even though they're in first place, they, I think still mentally and in just general perception, everyone has been waiting for City to kind of get things figured out. And they just haven't. So I don't mind Arsenal. I mean, you're getting a nice price. I mean, City has been a little better on the whole this season, just looking at the underlying numbers, even though Arsenal is obviously in first place. So I do think, you know, looking at like plus 190 for Arsenal at home, it's not not the worst thing, but the more you kind of talk about it and just think about the different ways this could play out, it feels like a real tight sort of thing, kind of like a final, like I said, where neither team wants to lose like a draw. Not the worst thing for either side, really. Yeah, draw no bet. If you want Arsenal still as plus money, just plus 112. Um, just to give you the actual lines and stuff, you mentioned Arsenal is to, to win is plus 190. Manchester City plus 140. The draw is plus 250. Even the double chance, which you know I'm a huge fan of. You, you know, love Arsenal, the double chance. Arsenal minus 185. You parlay that with something else. Maybe like the over two, over a goal and a half. You know, you get a 1-1, which I think is mm-hmm. very reasonable. That's around even money. I don't hate that whatsoever. So, I don't know. I The one thing I'll say, Paul, is early Holland obviously started off the season on fire. Has only has only scored in two of his last six games. They talked about it on the broadcast, and I, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to be a contrarian, and I think people kind of like poo-pooed this. But there was this kind of like prevailing. Yes, okay, he has a ton of goals, but our city actually better off having his goals. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting on the broadcast. They talked. Uh, they they kind of brought this up. I think it was Lee. I want to say it was Lee Dixon. Um, and I forget who the, the the play-by-play guy but was, but they were basically like, they have the same amount of goals as last season, and they have given up more goals, and they just right. don't look as cohesive of a unit. So yes, obviously Haaland is incredible. You're not going to turn down goals. But I, th- I do think there is an argument to say that like they're still not sort of comfortable playing with that big main striker up front, even though he's probably the most dominant center forward in the world. Yeah, I, think, I feel like it just changes a little bit of what they do kind of, not quite defensively, but kind of in those transition moments because you just have one fewer guy one less guy back in the midfield to you know, do things to make runs off of. You have some flexibility. So I think it does uh, stiffen them up a little bit just in the way that they can do things. And I think, I think some of that trickles back to the defense too. It's just not, not quite as stable. Obviously, you've got uh, some different personnel back there with the injuries and whatnot and people leaving to Bayern Munich of all places. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're just not quite as convincing front to back. And I, I think a lot of it is because of that backline changes that just again don't have the stability to build everything on and then when with Holland up top it's just a different sort of attacking thing that I don't know if you can say it doesn't quite fit the Man City system but it's definitely a different thing we've we've become accustomed to seeing over the last half dozen years all right before we get to the Champions League stuff then any other kind of I'll I'll be backing Arsenal to get a result I also kind of like the over two and a half goals here I think this is going to I think it's going to be some firepower this I think both teams are going to come out and with a ton of energy and they're you know, there might be some nervous jitters at the beginning, but I think, you know, again, City have been known to give up goals. Defense has been a little bit shaky this year. Arsenal, you know, I, I think they could certainly, as, as much as we talked about them having trouble scoring, I think this is kind of the perfect game, the perfect situation we talked about them to get out of that rut is to, you know, go up against a team that's not going to sit back. So I, I kind of like Arsenal to get a result, Paul. Anything specific you like? Not a super strong feel. I kind of like the draw, but plus 250 is, you know, usually want to get close to plus 300 if I'm going to play something like that. I think they'd price that draw because they kind of see, you know, City's a little bit better, but they're on the road and the draw's not the worst scenario here. So I kind of lean toward like a 1-1 type of game, but I'm not mm-hmm. crazy about any of the lines right now. All right, well, I, I'll get to my, we'll do our best bets at the end. We got a three-pack each, um, six-pack total. What's up? And oh we will, uh, we'll get to that. And I'll give you a more specific Arsenal bet there that I, that I really like and that I'll be backing. But why don't we move on to the Champions League then? Because it is All back, right. as you mentioned, and really the, 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 the jewel of the Champions League is... What was it? The final of was it 2020 final when PSG uh, lost to Bayern? I yes. believe I think it was 2020. Yes. First Nobody and foremost, first, yeah, no, exactly the empty one. It was kind of like you know our, it was great to have a sport back at that point, but it was so mm-hmm. weird looking back at how strange that was. Do you put any speaking? All right, so Bayern really quickly. I'll I'll go over. This is just to advance. Um, so this is you know over two legs here. PSG is plus 128. Bayern the favorite at minus 158. Do you put any? Do you put any like stock into past? You know, matchups like I don't really like I know people are like, oh, you know, Bayern had PSG's number in the last couple of years. I don't really put any stock in that. Now, I do like Bayern to advance 
And we'll get to the futures in a little bit because these are two of the top three teams that are favorites in the entire competition. But do you put any stock in like the last couple of years performances, especially with how much turnover there is in these teams? Yeah, the turnover is exactly what I was going to say. I mean, no, when it's two years ago, I mean, there's no Lewandowski anymore. It's a very different Bayern team that can attack you. Again, they have, I don't know if they're better, but they can attack you a lot of different ways. Mutiala and Gnabry and Chupa Motin has been really good lately. Uh, it's just a lot of different weapons that they can do. Uh, so yeah, no. I mean, Messi wasn't at PSG. So much turnover. You know, one year to another, I think that could be something. But between coaching turnover for both sides and the player turnover, I don't think any of that really matters at all. Another big uh, story out of this game is injuries. We've got, like, yep. some of the biggest players are out here or potentially yep. out. Mbappe, very questionable with a thigh injury. It doesn't seem like he's going to go. Uh, Messi does seem like he will play, but he's dealing with a hamstring. And Sadio Mane is likely out for Bayern, who I think is their leading goal scorer. Now, Bayern still have a ton of fight. I mean, Eric Chupa Moting, as you mentioned, that guy. It's incredible. He goes from, what was it, Stoke? Then yeah. he goes to play um, for PSG. Then he goes to play for Bayern. He actually scores goals in big games. It's wild how, you know, you think he's average, but, he, you know, he, he that's kind of what you want if you're one of these big clubs having a center forward like that. It's kind of like Weghorst, you know, at... At United, like he's not like right. this sexy name, but he kind of gets the job done. I love Chupa Moting, so I, mm-hmm. I actually think they're going to be fine here. Yeah, I'm not, not too concerned. I mean, it was, again, it was one of those weird transfers. You're like, he's going where? Yeah, but, yeah, it, it makes sense with the way they're using him. You know, it, it's kind of the Germany model almost. You know, like was Miroslav Klose the greatest center forward ever? Even though he scored, you know, a record number of World Cup goals, not really. But he could get where yep. he needed to go, and they had so much good midfield and attacking talent around him that he was kind of the perfect piece to plug in there. I feel like it's a little bit of the same thing here. So in this game specifically, uh, obviously this game is in Paris. So yep. PSG plus 160, the draw is plus 270, and Bayern uh, plus 155. So mm-hmm. I-, I think we'll get to this in a little bit. You and I both like Bayern. We mm-hmm. kind of are interested in their futures here. Does that mean you like them in this game, Paul? I do. I, I mean, part of it is... Yeah, Mbappe is probably going to be on the bench at best. Messi's coming off an injury. He'll probably play, but you just never know. Uh, I just don't trust PSG more than Same. anything. Like, like Bayern, I think, you know, we know more or less what we're getting. Like, look, PSG could suddenly show up with an A game and run Bayern off the field. That might be a little extreme, but that's on the table at least. Uh, but I think we know what we're going to get with Bayern. Like, they could also run PSG out of the building just as easily. Probably more likely that happens. Uh, so yeah, I just trust Bayern a lot more. Uh, well, more more stable in pretty much every way. They're rolling in the Bundesliga, uh, which they often do, but they're still doing it. And PSG is kind of scuffling along relatively in Ligue 1. So yeah, I just trust Bayern a lot more in this game. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. I know it's interesting. These are two teams that probably play in the most lopsided leagues uh, right. out of out of the, the, the big five, you know, England, France, Europe, Spain, Germany. Yep. Um, Italy, is the, Italy is the fifth one. No, uh, yeah, PSG coming off a loss to Monaco, I think it was 3-1. Not, not mm-hmm. a great look. Bayern nope. looking to get go to 20 straight unbeaten. I mean, there's just teams kind of like feel like they're going in different directions. So yeah. I, I, get, I I like Bayern to advance. I don't m- love them at one minus one uh, minus 158, but I do yeah. like them. You know, if you combine a couple things here, I do like them in this game. And I'm with you. PSG is one of those where it's like PSG and City are the two teams where I- I'm going to be last on the bandwagon in the Premier League. I'm, I'm sorry, in the uh, in the Champions League for me to pick mm-hmm. this team. Even when they went to, the, even when both those teams went to the final, I was on Chelsea in that other game. I just, I'm, I'm kind of like fade those two teams at all costs, yeah. especially against bigger opponents like this. And 
you know, they tried and true Bayern. I just trust Nagelsmann better. Um, now, I think mm-hmm. PSG, like, I like the stuff that they did in the offseason, bringing in mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, you know, the new sporting director, new manager. Like, it wasn't just like, hey, let's buy, like, the sexy new toy for $100 million every single summer. But I still don't think they're fully there. I don't trust their defense. And if nope. they're going to be without Mbappe, then, yeah, I think this is a pretty easy Bayern pick for me. Yep, I agree. On the same page there. All right, let's move on here. This, the next, this is probably the second biggest game, Milan versus Tottenham. Now, these are two teams that, <laughs> as you know, I watch a lot of Serie A. Yeah. And AC Milan won the title in Italy last year. Right. And I thought it was kind of smoke and mirrors. One of my good buddies is an AC Milan fan. The entire season last year, I'm going, I don't think you guys are that good. And then they just <laughs> won the title. And I don't know if that was more about, you know, how, the state of the Italian league. But they actually did play really well last year. Rafael Leal was one of the best forwards in the world. I mean, he hasn't been in the same form this year. But these two teams are like kind of just, I don't trust either of these teams, no. I guess. So it's a very weird matchup for, uh, overall. But I just think AC Milan, yes, they did win uh, over the weekend. They got a 1-0 win, um, I believe, against Torino. But they, in the new year, in 2023, they've lost, they've won two, they've lost five and drawn two. They've been in horrendous form. Yeah. And uh, Stefano Pioli, who's their manager, has kind of trusted a lot of the old guard that won him the Scudetto, the title in Italy last season. I just think that, I don't think this Milan team is very good. And I, not that I trust Tottenham, but I actually kind of <laughs> like Tottenham here to, to just to win this game, even though, because the other thing too is Antonio Conte is obviously um, right. uh, Spurs manager. He's yeah. going back to Italy. He knows the tactics. He was a manager at Inter and Juventus for many years. I just think there are a lot of little things that I like in Tottenham's favor. So I actually kind of lean Tottenham here in this one, Paul. I, I, don't, I don't blame you. And I'm glad to hear you kind of reinforce my perception of Milan because you've seen a lot more of them this year than I have. And I even go back to their Champions League games against Chelsea. I mean, Milan had a total of 11 shots and less than one expected goal in two games. And I know, you know, you're compared to an English club and they don't play the same, but that was the best team that Milan played in the group stage. And they look just bad. Um, I mean, the only thing that gives me pause about Tottenham is, like, who's playing midfield? I mean, Vettencurser, Basuma's injured, Hoiberg is suspended for this game because of yellow cards. So they're going to start, you know, they may start a couple of kids there. Um, but they still have Harry Kane, and he's kind of been carrying the attack, you know, most of the season. And I know Milan has Drew and company, but like I said, not convincing over the last couple of months. So yeah, I would lean Tottenham in this one. I kind of think it's going to be an ugly. Maybe somebody scrapes out a goal because like a one nil loss is not the worst thing for either team, really. Yeah, if you can take that to the second leg. So I I don't think this one will be pretty. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals. If I had to pick a side, yeah, I would lean Tottenham too. But I'm probably yeah, looking it's- at the under. As you mentioned, the under two and a half is minus 138. The over is plus 108. Uh, so pe- clearly, they're telling you that they don't think there are going to be a lot of goals in this game. And I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. If you want to go draw no bet, you're still getting Tottenham at plus 110. I like that. Um, so bad, yeah. to, to win the game outright, they are, hold on, 190 plus, plus 195. Yeah. I, I just, I think that's a good. Pro- I just, you mentioned Tottenham mm-hmm. midfield. I mean, AC Milan don't even know who to play anywhere. <laughs> defensively, Tamori has taken a step back. They've been shuffling center backs left and right. Um, even up front, Giroud has kind of like not really done it. He doesn't play Leal as much mm-hmm. as he probably should, being their best player. Uh, I, I don't know if Teo Hernandez has kind of had this, like, this World Cup hangover thing because he just hasn't yeah. done the same. Everyone, and then obviously Mike Mignon, who is their goalkeeper, who is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, he's been out for a while, and they've just been kind of a disaster with this um, with their backup, Ted Baruchano. I, I just don't try. I, I feel like, Again, this is like me taking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Right. I'm just going to sleep well at night knowing that I bet against Milan. That's basically right. how I feel here. And it took Conte, like I said, going back to Milan. Yeah, and Tottenham coming off a very embarrassing loss to Leicester too after beating Manchester City. Yeah. It's I think the ups and downs, I buy into the ups and downs of Tottenham. Like just right. when you count them out, they actually get you a win. That was a weird Tottenham loss too. Like they didn't, I mean, Leicester just finished everything. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. like Tottenham got blitzed from a just playing perspective on the field. But Leicester just finished them off. And sometimes that happens. You lose was a 4-1, even though it was a relatively even game chance-wise. Um, so yeah, not going to read too much into that. I would lean Spurs too in this one. Again, this is one of those ones, if you want to get spicy and go with the Steve Surdy special, the Tottenham double chance. So that's, <laughs> that's to win or draw. And the under two and a half, getting plus 135. Don't hate that. Don't hate that. I could see a Tottenham 1-1, 1-0 win. I think, yep. I think that's got this written all over it. So. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game here. This is BVB versus Chelsea. As we Ooh, mentioned, boy. Chelsea, I mean, I, I don't really know what to make of them on a week-in, week-out basis. I love Graham Potter at, at Brighton. It mm-hmm. seems like they're sticking with him for the long term, which they should. They're in a complete rebuild. This team is just in, has been in flux for the last, what, however, five, six months because 
you know, they got sold Roman Abramovich to Todd Bowley, who is the American owner. What do you have any sort of lean here? I don't I, I don't want to claim to know that I'm like a BVB expert, yeah. but I do know a ton about Chelsea. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't have a strong lean in this game one, one way or the other. I just lean toward goals more than anything, because I mean, Dortmund's got 15 goals in the last five games. Uh, but I mean, they're from, from what I've seen of them, they're still kind of the traditional Dortmund with, yeah, 15 goals in five games, but they're kind of giving up a lot of chances defensively, too. I think that could be the cure for Chelsea's offensive woes. I mean, they have enough wingers. Some of those guys have to be able to take advantage of some of the space and, you know, get something in the net, right? And if they don't, I mean, Dortmund could be good Dortmund and kind of rip them apart. So I think we're going to get goals in this, even though Chelsea hasn't scored a lot lately. Their underlying numbers actually haven't been terrible the last three games. Uh, about four expected goals in the three games total, which is an improvement for them. So that's kind of like what it was at Brighton under Grand Potter. Like they, they yeah. were XG monsters and they just never right. really finished. It was like Neil Mope, Danny mm-hmm. Welbeck, and it's kind of transferred to Chelsea now. Like they just don't finish chances. Now that's what happens when you have, you know, what, what in my opinion is a non striker and Kai Havertz playing striker for you. Right. How do you spend half a billion dollars and not bring in one good striker? Is it, I'll, I'll just never it's understand that. Um, I mean, it's a question we had before the season. Like, <laughs> is Chelsea going to? Are they going to get for a striker? And they, Obama yeah. Yang, congrats! Now he's on his yeah. way to what appears like the MLS and LAFC. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, yeah, I just think I we mean, get goals more than anything in this game. One way, I agree with you. Uh, the, the over two and a half is minus one sixteen. I do like that bet. I think the interesting thing that I will say this about Chelsea for all the jokes that people made about Joao Felix and that mm-hmm. loan, which was ridiculous because it's basically like over a million dollars per game played. They're going to have to pay him. <laughs> uh, he's their best attacker. Uh-huh. He's good. I actually think it's interesting to score or assist. I think he's like plus 165, I want to say. He's their best attacker. I yeah. like him. I like him in that role. Again, he's not a striker, but they don't have a true striker. So in a game where I like goals, he's probably their biggest goal threat. And the other cool note on this as well is Sebastian Holler, who is um, who beat cancer, essentially. Former Ajax, former West Ham guy. This is his first game back in the Champions League with BVB. So... There's actually a couple of interesting goal scoring uh, uh, storylines between Joao Felix and Sebastian Hilaire making his comeback. So I'm with you. I, I think the I, I sneaky like Chelsea. I'm going to go back to that. You can get them as a draw, no bet for plus 118 because I do think you're right. Like the if I watch Chelsea, like Mudrick is good. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the midfield is definitely improved because Enzo Fernandez is just you know as much as you want to say about the price tag, he's a good player and he improves their midfield. I still think Chelsea, like, there's some untapped potential there. And if you're looking for a team that, like, could get kind of weird in the next couple months, I think it could be Chelsea. It could be. I mean, they've got, they definitely have the personnel. They, we don't know they've if the got, pieces all fit together or if they, if Grand Potter can coach them. But they have pieces that could turn into something good. We just really don't have any idea what yet. Yeah. And they're likely going to have to change the rules of how you give out contracts because they've been giving people like eight and nine year deals so they could basically avoid financial fair play, which is, again, another another example of why financial fair play is just a crock, a crock crap, really. It just it doesn't it's, it, it doesn't it only affects clubs like Everton and Roma. It doesn't affect right. clubs like Manchester City and Chelsea. Right. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Last per, last Champions League game of this week. And again, we'll be back next week to break down the other four games. But this is uh, the smaller one. Club Rouge who have been giant killers. Uh, yeah. facing Benfica. Club Rouge to advance is plus 270. Benfica minus 355. So Benfica, you know, tried and true team, big favorites. Yeah. But listen, don't sleep on Club Rouge. They, they knocked out Atletico. Uh, they knocked out, what, Leverkusen. They got a 4-0 mm-hmm. win over Porto in the group stages. Yeah. They are, uh, they're not, I don't think they're the walkover that some might think they are. I don't think so, but I, I kind of do. Um, just in the sense, like, they really struggled. Like, they changed managers. They brought in Scott Parker yep. at the end of December. <laughs> Well-dressed and, Scott Parker, yep. Yeah, well-dressed Scott Parker. But they have one win in seven games, I think it is, this year. Haven't been playing well in the Belgian League. They're in fourth place, which for them is you know kind of a disaster. Uh, and we kind of saw what they could do in the group stage because they won 4-0 at Porto and then lost 4-0 to Porto at home. Yep. So there's your extreme. But Benfica was really good in the group stage. They were in a group with PSG and Juventus, and they won it, and that was not fluke. Like They were nope. the best team in that group. Um, so no I like Enzo, Benfica though. a lot. No Enzo. no Enzo. That's the X factor. There is no Enzo. Um, but I think Joao Mario and, and everyone else will be enough to win this game, even away. So I, I played this a day or two ago and got a minus 105 on a Benfica win. And now it's at like minus 130, I think. Um, which is starting to get a little bit steep. But I think Benfica could roll on this one. So I don't even mind laying, like, laying the goal. So you need him to win by two and you get like plus 230 or so. I don't mind that here. I think Benfica... Uh, we'll roll this one. They've been rolling through Portugal, and I think they can keep going here. I don't think I'll have any action on this, but the one thing I, I, all great things you bring up about their struggles in the league. Sometimes, though, when teams struggle in the Sometimes. league, 
they it they like take on this identity and go, okay, we're a knockout club team now. And they yeah. put all their eggs into and what is basically the you know the the biggest competition they're in right now, the Champions League. Like yep. they're saying, hey, we're we're kind of out of the league. Let's make some noise in the Champions League, and they kind of put their best foot forward there. Not saying it will happen, but that those kind of teams, those profile of teams, actually scare me a lot. But yeah. I think you're right. I mean, Benfica are one of the most well-run clubs in the entire world. I mean, it seems like they sell a guy for 100 million every year right. and just pure profit when we just talked about Joao Felix. So uh, probably a stay away from me, but I think it'll be an interesting watch, kind of one of the more underrated matchups. We'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah. before we move on, let's do Champions League futures here, Paul. I'll yeah. read them out to you. And, and I know you like one. I think we might be on the same page with this. Um, Manchester City are the, the heavy, heavy favorite at plus 200. Bayern Munich plus 600. PSG plus 750. Napoli plus 1,000. Liverpool plus 1100, Real Madrid plus 1100, Chelsea plus 1400, Tottenham plus 1600. That's probably as far as we're really going. Benfica, your boys, as we just talked about, plus 2600. <laughs> I don't, you could, you can go deeper if you'd like to, but does anything kind of stand out to you there? I mean, City at plus 200 is a ridiculous price. In a, like, I would never play that. I mean, never. You got to get through four no. knockout rounds. And, how do I fade that? Yeah. How do I right. <laughs> just, can, is there a not city price? I mean, can I short? Juicy. Yeah. Can I just <laughs> short city? How do I do that? Um, I like Bayern at plus 600. I think they're, again, we talked about they're the most reliable team at the top. Um, I don't think they're going to struggle too much with PSG. And that's the reason they're only plus 600. If they were playing, you know, whatever, uh, Bruges, for example, they'd probably be much closer to City in the plus three or 400 range. Um, so I think that's a pretty good price. That'll drop, you know, if they get by PSG and assume they don't draw City or something in the next round, they could easily be plus 200 at that point. So I like Bayern at plus 600. Um, after that, I don't know. I mean, We've talked through a lot of these teams, and they're all have some kind of mess. I mean, Liverpool plus eleven hundred. Nah. Sure, they could get it together, but I don't trust their defense to hold up. Their midfield is terrible. Their midfield right. is terrible. It, it's like legitimately and, bad. And, and they got to like play Real Madrid. Stubborn. Yep. You know they're going to outshoot Real Madrid like three to one over the course of the two games, and could easily lose it by a couple of goals. It's just kind of the way Liverpool Real Madrid seems to go. Um, yeah, nothing jumps at me. I mean, sure, Benfica at twenty six to one. I kind of like it because I think they're going to crush Brugge over these two games and then you're into the next round. Uh, but yeah, you got two, three tough matchups left. It's a long shot. I'm not jumping to play it. Nothing else really jumps out at me. I feel like it's a big shrug emoji after those first couple. I know. I wish Napoli, I wish it was a little better number. Um, yeah. I mean, plus a thousand is still great. I wish it was like, I, you know, I just think that's a little mm -hmm. bit too, it's, it's not enough bang for my buck. I yeah. just, because I, I do like them. I mean, Serie A is effectively over. They have a 15 point lead. They are by far the best team in Italy this season. They are firing on all cylinders. I genuinely think that they could beat anybody in the world. I think you could argue they're playing better than anybody in the world right now. Uh, it's just like, do you trust you know this kind of scrappy underdog team from Italy? Right. Probably not. But I, I, I don't, I don't hate plus a thousand. But I just, I wish it was like fifteen hundred. Right. I just wish it was a little, little, little bit higher. But I will say got, they almost got too easy a draw in the round of sixteen. Yeah, I mean, they got Andrei Frankfurt. Frankfurt, which is why that price is so low. If they would have gotten a, you know, a couple teams higher up the ladder, then you're looking at you know, plus 12, 1500. It's a lot more appealing. It all kind of depends on their road. Like I think they could, like I said, I think they could beat anybody. I think they could beat City. If you're going straight down the list, like who do I trust, who do I not trust? Manchester City, don't trust. Bayern Munich, nope. plus 600, I trust. PSG, plus 750, don't nope. trust. Napoli, I kind of trust. Like I, Again, if you said Napoli have been good against Liverpool, Napoli have been good against good Liverpool teams in the past. They've beaten mm -hmm. them in the Champions League multiple times in the same groups. Uh, so they're not afraid of, to play these teams. Real Madrid, you know, I don't know. Like They're always the Champions League darlings, but I wouldn't be afraid if Napoli played really any of these teams other than maybe Bayern Munich. Like I think genuinely yeah. they could they can come out on top of any of these. The question is, like, do they have to go through multiple of them? Do they have to go through a Bayern, then a City? And, you know, like, and that's, you're probably not going to happen. And that's just why I wish that number was a little bit higher. Yep, yeah. My question about Napoli, I haven't, again, I've, I've seen probably three or four other games uh, in the in Serie A this season, like their numbers, I mean, they are wildly outperforming their numbers. Like they've scored about a dozen more goals than expected. They've conceded yep. a few more goals than expected. Seems like they're running hot. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're still the best team in Italy by even the underlying numbers, even while overachieving. So that that's one of my questions: is are they playing so well they're creating all these chances and they're just really good and they're finishing them? Or how hot are they running? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't think we're going to find out in this round. But at some point, if they cool off, they could be in trouble. So I'll say to your question, Victor Osterman is unbelievable. He is, in my opinion, a top five striker in the world. Some of the finishes, if you just go back and look into the two goals he scored against Roma, because I've mm -hmm. had an up-close view of yeah, both yeah. of them yeah, as, a, as a Roma supporter. One, he just absolutely torched Chris Smalling and ripped a, a volley basically into like the side netting. 
And then in the second matchup, he goes shoulder, chest, off the volley, rips it right at Rui Patricio for a goal. I mean, two absolute world-class goals from him. And he's just on fire this season. Yeah. And then you've got uh, and then you've got Cavaro Donna, who is their like new left winger. Yep. He now he started off real hot. He's cooled down a little bit, but he's still a fantastic player. So to your point, like I, they have cooled down a bit, but they're getting on real performances from their midfield. Um, they're also getting uh, on a real performance from their attack in general and their defense. They lost Koulibaly and have somehow gotten better with Kim from uh, South Korea. So mm-hmm. you're right. Maybe, maybe they hit a wall, but I actually think it's probably a good thing that they're running away with Syria because they don't really. Ha- they probably oh, yeah. aren't going to have. They'll probably have it wrapped up in like a month or so that they could kind <laughs> of concentrate on the on the on uh, Champions League if they want to. So I'm not saying. Liverpool. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Napoli are going to win it, but no, it's there. I, they, they got an easy I, round of 16 match. They can get through that, and then maybe they're on cruise control in Serie A. And they're one to watch. But yeah. I, yeah, you're right. I don't really love any of the other futures. I guess Bayern nope. would be, really be the only one that stands out to me. Yeah. So that's I we'll played see. Bayern at plus 600 today. Actually, and oh, there so, you go. You I'm go. ready. Let's go. All right. Like I said, we'll get to our best bets at the very end of the pod. But why don't we do this? Because this is what this is what the show is going to be about, Paul. We're going to uh, we're going to do a lot of U.S. soccer stuff. And yeah. you know, like obviously, if we have if Jesse Marsh signs with Southampton, that'll probably be our lead next <laughs> week. It's been a little bit of a quiet week, but why don't we start here? What what were your thoughts on Jesse Marsh being let go by Leeds? A lot of a lot of. Let me just run through my thoughts because I mean they, yeah, a lot of different things. Leeds isn't very good. Like they don't have a good team, a good squad of players. I don't agree. Think. Uh, they also haven't been terrible this season. They haven't been good, but they haven't been terrible. They've had a run of bad luck, which makes, you know, not good turns into terrible when you have bad luck. And then that timing where, you know, Everton pulled out that win, which made Leeds suddenly only out of the relegation on goal difference. Uh, so th- that timing was tough. And it's just the whole cost of relegation is so giant that people do crazy things like get rid of a coach after spending a hundred million dollars on three players that he wanted. Yeah. Uh, but it's almost justifiable given the fact that falling out of the Premier League is going to cost your club, you know, maybe billion dollars over a few years. That's not unreasonable to say. So I kind of get it. He also kind of got you know, a little bit of a raw deal, but I kind of understand it. I think that's a reasonable take. I think, you know, I think it's one of those things where if you're like, it's like Pulisic, right? Where, you know, everybody in the UK probably thinks he's overrated because everybody in the US thinks he's underrated. You know, right. all the all the American players are like, why is he playing for Chelsea? And every che- person in England's like, because he sucks. He's not that good. He's like, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's Mason Mount Light, right? Which we don't yeah. agree with, but it is what it is. Right. I think there is some of that with Jesse Marsh. I do think he got a little bit of a raw deal. I do think Leeds are a bad squad. I've had mm-hmm. multiple arguments with people about this on Twitter. Like, I don't think, I think you go Southampton and Bournemouth are probably the bottom two squads in the league. And I think yep. they're probably going to get relegated. From yeah, there, that. I think Leeds are in the same boat as Everton, as, you know, I mean, Forest have 10,000 players now, so who knows? Wolves <laughs> might have a little bit better of a roster. Right, um, who else am I missing? But uh, I don't think yeah. they're that, I don't think their roster's that. So so was Jesse Marsh, you know, outperforming his squad? No. Was he underperforming his squad? I don't bit. think so. And he kept you up last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think a little bit underperforming, but, you know, it, it's within that, uh, you know, it's a reasonable... It's not that far off, I guess. It's not like they were just dreadfully underperforming, but it's just enough. And when you're not that good in the first place, you don't have much margin for error. So if you're Jesse March, this has been the rumor that, uh, well, first and foremost, how about Leeds acting? Uh, they pulled an Everton, which what they did last year was they fire a manager and have no idea who they're going to bring in next. Yeah, that's, that's um, yeah. That seems problematic. And that's why I'm like, yes. I think Everton probably should have fired Frank Lampard earlier, but they were able to bring in Sean Dyche, which I think he's going to stay. I don't know if they'll stay up, but he'll stabilize the ship. It does. It seems like you know Southampton here are and, and Leeds are kind of grasping for straws. Yep. If you're Jesse March, because the rumor is that Southampton might be interested in him, is that a good job for him to take? I I kind of don't think so, but I also am like, there's only 20 Premier League jobs. Like, do you just have to take? Yeah, it? I kind of lean toward that because yeah, there's 20 jobs, and and really like, what's the downside? You're in last place. Like, yeah, if so you, only if you stink here, and yeah. get relegated, and you're done at the end of the season. Okay. That's not the worst thing, assuming you know you don't just completely embarrass yourself. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of feel like you can only be the savior here because I mean they're in last, but they are only four points out, and you yeah, know, there's five teams down there within five points of each other. So it's this is not an insurmountable task that he would have. It, it would not be easy, especially given the team that they have. But I, I think you would take it if you're him, and taking this does not disqualify you from ta- getting the U.S. job potentially over the summer because we know. I mean, they hired a sporting director first, U.S. Soccer is, and they probably won't have a new manager until after the Gold Cup. So 
it's not a either or situation. I don't think for Marshier. Who do you think if if, if we're if we're both agreeing that Southampton and Bournemouth probably get relegated, Jesse March, you know, impending <laughs> appointment or not? Yeah. Who do you who do you think is that third team that gets relegated? I mean, before the window, I really thought Wolves was going to go down. They brought in a lot of players. Mm-hmm. They've looked decent last couple of games. So Lopetegui's a good manager. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not as keen on that as I was earlier. Um, I would still go Everton right now. I mean, I just think I think Forest is okay, especially at home. They've been pretty good all season. I mean, I think Leeds will bounce a little bit and not even bounce as much, just kind of you know not get as unlucky as they have been early on. So I think that kind of leaves Everton just given the point. Uh, deficit that they've got behind, you know, Forest and Wolves and such. Uh, I, I would go with Everton right now. Yeah. Well, I'm. A, I'll ask Sorry. you the same question next week because guess what? Everton <laughs> and Leeds play on Saturday. Oh boy. <laughs> so so, yeah. so could change uh, completely. That could that could. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a six point relegation classic right there. Yeah. And I don't know. That's it's at Everton. It's at Goodison Park. Coming off a loss to Liverpool. I listen. The optimist in me. Now that Jesse Marsh got fired, I could hate Leeds a little bit more, even though they have three Americans. But <laughs> yeah. the optimist in me is like, I kind of think Everton are a little bit more on the ups and Leeds are just because I trust Dyche a little bit more than I trust whatever the heck Leeds are doing. Yeah. But let me, this is a question I actually have for you too, very quickly before we move on. Uh, what's more likely to happen? Arsenal win the league or Everton stay up? Arsenal win the league or Everton stay they're, up? They're both about even money. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, I would say. Arsenal wins the league is more likely. Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have a little more faith in them more than anything else. I'm going to abstain as a as obviously <laughs> I'm biased in this question, but I, I want to know from a, from a guy who is who is impartial on that. And I think I think you're probably right, but not, I don't it's, know. it's close though. It's not by much. I mean, obviously, you know, they, Everton beats Leeds, and that could you know, kind of almost flip it on its head. Yeah. A couple quick U.S. things as well here. I mean, at least what we've seen from Leeds is that they're still playing the three Americans. I mean, right. Kenny comes in, Adams is still a massive player for them, and Brennan Aronson. So that's like, at least that's a good sign for us U.S. soccer fans. Yep. you got three guys on the same Premier League team for the first time in 15 years uh, playing together, which is fun. It's just fun to be able to flip it on. you got three guys all in the midfield-ish, uh, depending on where Aronson's lined up. So, yeah, I was just glad he's playing because it seems like so this was the Dempsey thing when he was there. You know, because Fulham would bring in new managers all the time. And he'd just have to start over and prove himself again. And he did. And credit to him for that. Um, so it's nice that these guys are still in the rotation. It looks like it's still in the lineup. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, the, the chemistry will still kind of come there. But they, you know, are familiar with each other's games. And it is it is exciting. I think I do think if Leeds go down, I, I was talking about this with my buddies. Like, what, what happens? Do those, guys, do those yeah. three guys go so, to the championship? Or do they get picked up by Premier League teams? I, I actually know. think it's more than likely that none of them go down. I think they probably get sold. Because I think... I think you say Aronson is a he's a Premier League attacking player. I think he is. I think Adams clearly would probably get picked yep. up because of how important that defensive midfielder position is. And yeah. McKenny, there's no way McKenney's playing in the championship next year. Right. Either. Well, so and I, he's I, just on loan, right? That's McKinney's, true too. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. I think it's like a 35 million euro yeah, there's, buy there's clause or something, which is probably not going to happen if uh, <laughs> if that happens. Nope. So, uh, last one, little nugget too. Gio Reyna is is balling again, man. It's good to see. It's just kind it's of depressing fun. that we didn't get to see that in World Cup yeah. uh, for BBB. Yeah. I think um, I think just one thing, like he just started this weekend for the first time since before the World Cup. So I mean, lost in all the drama, understandably, of the Brawl Arena drama is like he wasn't really fit. I mean, even when he played in the World Cup, you could tell he was not a hundred percent. Yeah. So again, I'm not excusing or defending any actions by anybody, but I'm just saying he was not a hundred percent. This is not like you took your best player who would have started and played ninety minutes and did not play him at all. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's we originally had like kind of mapping out what the U.S. sort of men's thing looked like for the next couple of months. Why don't we save that for next week's pod? Because we'll probably have a yeah. little bit more time before we get to our best bets. Though you wanted to mention too, like the the women, the she believes cup is coming up this week. Anything that you we should watch out for there? I mean, it's mostly just that they're playing Canada, Japan, and Brazil over a week. These are the best games the women are going to have before the World Cup because that starts July twentieth, and U.S. will have three more games before then, but probably against inferior opposition. So if you're going to get geared up for this Women's World Cup this summer, like these are the games you should check out just to see how they're playing. Because most of the roster the U.S. has is more or less what they're going to have at the World Cup. Uh, you know, an injury here or there notwithstanding. So these are going to be the best games. These should be pretty good ones if you want to get a little prep in place for the World Cup this summer. Yeah, and we'll be handicapping that too as we uh, as we kind of get closer to it as well, which will be a lot of fun. So, all right, let's close it out because I know we're at about 45 minutes. I always say 30 minutes, Paul, and we go longer. So let's, let's close this out with our best bets here. We're going to do three each, so a six-pack of best bets. At the end of every episode, we'll keep track, and uh, hopefully we end up winning you guys some money. So why don't we kick it off with your first pick? All right, I'm going with Byron, like we talked about, plus 155 to win. I just trust them more. 
I think PSG has got so many question marks, you know, pretty much all over the place. And we're not even 100% sure, you know, Mbappe or even Messi maybe are going to play at this point. But, so I like Bayern to win this one, uh, plus 155 in Paris. I like that too. I have, why don't, I don't, this is out of order, but why don't I just do my Bayern bet and I'll piggyback yep. off of you. I like the Bayern double chance parlay with the over one and a half goals and under five and a half. So basically, you know, t- between two and five goals is fine. Uh, Bayern to get a result. That's even money. To me, this is a 1-1 game, maybe a 2-1 Bayern win. I think there will be goals even if we see some of those star players out. Um, I think Bayern are going to look at this as a, as a chance to like, in Paris, put their foot on PSG's throat yep. going back to Germany. I think Bayern have everything to play for here. I think they get a result and I think there are a couple goals here. So that's about even money. Yep. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Milan and Hotspur. Hotspur, do we call him Hotspur now? I guess we do. AC Milan, Tottenham Hotspur, under yep. two and a half, minus 125 the price that I have on that. Uh, again, Milan struggling, Tottenham struggling, no midfield, kind of ugly. At, both teams fine with a draw or even a 1-0 win or loss, frankly, at this point. I just don't think this one's going to be pretty. Uh, if you have a choice, you probably want to watch the other game, but I don't <laughs> think there's going to be a lot here. So under two and a half goals in Milan and Tottenham. Yeah, at least we could have like a main TV and then like an iPad on the side. Right, here. yeah, the, the, they go on the, the second Spurs game sure. is, the, is the iPad on the side, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll piggyback off you there. I like, give me Spurs, draw, no bet, plus 108. Getting plus money, not a lot of risk, I feel like. I know it's at Milan, but as all the things I said before, don't trust this Milan side whatsoever. So plus 108, decent bet there for Spurs to just, you know, not lose, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I think the opposite for me, I'm going over two and a half in Chelsea Dortmund. Uh, Again, expecting goals in a Chelsea game is a little bit of a risky proposition, but I think if anyone can do that, make that happen, it's going to be Dortmund because they attack well, they don't defend well. Uh, and again, Chelsea's got the wingers. They should be able to take advantage of that space. So over two and a half, uh, the line I have on that minus 105. That's not terrible. I do like that. I might actually hop on that. But my last one is one I talked about before. Give me Arsenal. This is the this is like the Alamo for them. <laughs> this is their last stand. If yep. they, they cannot lose this game. <laughs> they, I don't think, like I said, I don't think either team could lose this game. But I think Arsenal at the Emirates, they're going to want to prove a point a little more. They're going to be a little bit more motivated, I think, than, than City are. So give me the Arsenal double chance, as we've always talked about. I love it. Parlay with the over one and a half goals. That's uh, minus 105. Minus Cerruti 105. special. I missed the Saruti special. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've been doing what? We did that today. I had Liverpool and under four and a half goals, about even money. So like, mm-hmm. I'm a, I am a big fan. I know, I know your average better will tell you that this isn't a thing and that same game parlays are not good. There are ways that you can, around the edges, improve the odds of teams that you like to just not, to get a result, for, right. for example. Right, and if it's telling the same kind of game story, that's where yeah. you can kind of work it together to come up with something. So, I think this is 1-1, 2-1 Arsenal, maybe 2-2, um, but I, I think Arsenal come out with a point to prove, and if they lose, then I think the title race might even, might just be completely gone for them. We'll see how it goes, but, uh, so that's our three. Feel free to follow or fade, whatever you want to do, but uh, hopefully we're making you some money down the line, so... Um, Paul, anything else before we bounce? I think that was, uh, it's good to be back, man. It's, it was awesome to, uh, to chop it up with you. It's been, you know, it had been like a couple of months here. Um, but, uh, glad we'll be doing this for the rest of, at least until the summer, until, uh, you know, the rest of the, the, the club seasons. Yeah, no, I'm glad Champions League back. Like I said, 104 days since we last had Champions League games. It feels like forever. Uh, but these are also always some of the best club games of the season once we get to the knockout stage. All right. As I said, we'll be back next Monday after the weekend of games and before the second set of Champions League knockout games as well that we'll go over. Thanks, as always, to the great Paul Carr. Thanks to Stefan Anderson for producing this podcast. And maybe this time next week, we'll be discussing whether or not Jesse Marsh can save Southampton. So until next time, we'll catch you guys then.